again, friends, and welcome to another fine edition of 151. My name is Adam, and I am joined by a man who put the hall in Halloween. I really don't have an intro for him this week. I don't know why. I think it's because it's a Monday when we're taping, and I just kind of gave up on the world, much like his hairline. Oh! oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, his name is Justin. You're a Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs> How so, great was that? I, I got I, I got asked a question the other day, which was, um, okay, so you're washing your face. Where does face stop and head start? How far do you go? And I'm like, A, you, and B, that's a good, I, it's, it's still right here. This is 151 The Show. You can find us on 151theshow.com or this station's website.com. Uh, we're on social media at 151theshow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please follow along. And you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and a whole bunch of other channels. Uh, whatever channel you do find us on, all the links are at the bottom of the page. Just hit that like or subscribe button and follow along. As it is uh, the time of year where things go bump in the night, uh, Justin and I wanted to do some uh, Halloween stuff so joining us here on the show uh you may know him best from a somewhat special about a bigfoot ladies and gentlemen seth aldi from (laughs) calhoun (laughs) county paranormal investigators is on with us what's going on man hey guys uh uh, yeah no that's a that's a perfect description of exactly what i'm from so uh okay truth be told justin and i uh we talked about your guys uh when you guys got what was the name of that show because they changed it didn't it didn't they yeah it was uh oh my see i'm haunted yeah these woods are haunted well that's what it was originally called what what did they change it to or what what did it change from it's terror in the woods i think terror in the something and that was see how much i actually care but yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say uh, that's that shows how much they really uh, have faith in the show is when they changed the name of the show in the middle of it. So the thing was, is it was named what it is now. I, again, I can't. I think it's Terror in the Woods or something like yeah. that, which makes much more sense because they cover like a much more vast basis yeah. than hauntings. And that's what it was originally called on Destination America, the first season that was released. And then they just like it comes to travel, and they're like, oh well, we do ghosts. Zach Baggins lives here, so we're just gonna. <laughs> freaking name uh but anyway seth alney uh joins me uh he was on that uh show along with his brother jesse who uh sadly enough isn't here right now but uh frankly we didn't ask <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't gonna say anything but sucker <laughs> no uh seth thank you so much for joining us as we get into the show this uh this month uh we're we're trying to uh have some fun with all the things that go bump in the night. And you're a guy that's I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. you've been kind of all over the place in the way of cryptids, ghosts, this, that, and all the other stuff. And we want to talk to you about it, right, Justin? Well, I, I do want to talk to him, but more importantly, I want to talk to his brother after all. And he's coming on in right now. What? Oh, what? <laughs> you know, I saw his picture flash on. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Well, when oh. we arranged this, we figured it would probably have been like tens of minutes since you guys had talked to each other. So, you know. <laughs> Pretty much, actually. More or less, yeah. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, joining us on the show tonight, uh, as a way we wanted to surprise Seth, because uh, we all, we've talked to him a number of times. Jesse is always the no good brother Jesse and doesn't get to, uh, you know, have full cred all the time. But no, Jesse That's only right. joins us as well tonight. How you, you doing, Jesse? Okay? I'm doing great, man. I just, uh, I just finished watching... Uh, JPR's 
uh, Missouri State Penitentiary video. And so I'd actually happened to watch it on the one month anniversary of us being there. So that was pretty cool to uh, just relive it after a month and uh, get to see some different perspectives that I haven't seen since that night you know, with editing my own videos for my channel and such. And so, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And then to be able to hop on here and talk with you guys and, and see my, my ugly brother over there and it's a good end of my night. <laughs> that is one way to say it, the ugly brother. But uh, I didn't say that out loud. Uh, this is 151. You can find us on uh, the web at 151theshow.com uh, or the station's website.com. We're also on social media at 151theshow and a whole bunch of different ways to so, uh, uh, watch us and listen to us and all that. Uh, as we make our way through the night, all right, so we are going to dive into the world of the paranormal. We're usually just the nerd stuff, but uh, with Seth and Jesse both here tonight, it is a night to talk about ghosts, goblins, and everything in between. Let's actually uh, let's actually start with uh, the Missouri State Pen thing. Uh, Missouri State Penitentiary, uh, very haunted location. Uh, Justin probably knows nothing about this. I watched the, I watched the live feed that night, so I, I learned a lot that night. All right, who wants to go first? Tell us about Missouri State. Because I have a specific question for Jesse later on in this. No, Missouri State Penitentiary um, is hands down the the biggest investigation we've ever done. Um, and we've done this almost 20 years now. I believe it closed in 2004. And it was at one point, I think in 1967, Time Magazine called it the bloodiest 47 acres in the United States. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only thing is, is I, I still can't find out like why they dubbed it that. But I'm guessing it just it was just a general blanket of like well, all the deaths that were happening. I can't there. imagine prison life in Missouri <laughs> is a whole lot of fun. That is very, very, very true. They had uh, they have a death chamber there. Um, they put 40 people to death by gas chamber, and actually two of them. One was a woman, and it was a couple, and uh, they held a kid ransom, and the the family paid the ransom, but they'd already killed the kid, and oh. so they put them, yeah, yeah. So they caught them and put them to death together, and so that was pretty, pretty crazy, pretty intriguing. And then you'll have to excuse me; I have not slept like the past two days because of my lovely six month year old. So I'm blanking six on month the names. Year old? Yeah, six. Justin, exactly. would you like to take this one? There it is. That's proof positive he hasn't slept. <laughs> no, no, no. When you really haven't slept long enough, it goes from my lovely six-month-old to my kid. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be good and nice, you know. Uh, but uh, I can't remember the name right now, but it's the, well, the guy who assassinated Martin Luther King Jr. Okay. Um, All right. So what, who was that, Justin? James Earl Ray. Okay. All right. Yeah, so James tell us Earl about uh, uh, about the place, about the night, about what it took to get in there, because what's so haunted about this place? So obviously there's been ridiculous amounts of death. There was riots. A dude was murdered in his, uh, his cell in uh, death row. There was a bunch of other just crazy stuff. There's supposedly like psychiatric ward stuff okay. and myths about that. Anyway, and it's just like, think of the energy of a prison. It's a bunch of negativity. It's a bunch yeah. of people like, I don't want to be here. It's a bunch um, of yeah, more or I less. Mean, I mean, more or less, that's what it kind of <laughs> yeah. comes down to, especially when you have death row on the property. I'm sorry, exactly. probably not the best human beings on the face of the earth. Right, exactly. Nope. And this, this place is... It's been open since like 1838. That was actually one of the crazy things is they had unearthed buried cell block from like 1845. And we were the first team ever to investigate it. And we were getting all kinds of weird voices coming out of there. But the most the most haunted to us was general population. 
Um, okay. I think it was. I think it was C Hall. Gen Pop was insane, man. It was. It was. Uh, it was. We started at the towards the last half of the night. We all came together because we all went down. It was two teams. It was Jesse and myself, and uh, and then our buddy Charles, and then the team Jones Paranormal Research. And we kind of split up in the first part of the night, and then we came together in Gen Pop, and it was just like the whole place exploded and we were running around gen pop chasing shadows seeing figures uh being touched seth and jesse from uh Calum county paranormal investigators joining us right now you probably have heard their voice on our show or us talk about them because we have talked about them a lot over the uh over the last year <laughs> or so. true. seth is also the dude that put my face on a certain t-shirt so yes yes, yes. <laughs> But anyways, go back to uh, Missouri State Penitentiary. So you guys got to spend the night there. What is the story about the place? Like when they when someone tells one story about Missouri State Penitentiary being haunted, what's kind of that one story that comes out? Because, you know, when you hear, you know, about, uh, you know, certain places, it's always like that one story that's like, well, this is what happened. What do you think that one story is? I, w- I would say like the heaviest thing talked about is at least from what I found was the gas chamber okay. because, you know, you can literally still sit in the chairs where 40 lives were taken. Um, mm-hmm. And that was still probably one of the most powerful spots. And that was the last spot we hit. And there was just something about that place. It was absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I mean, you're sitting in a place where somebody could slam the door. I mean, I, I assume that to a certain extent, all that apparatus still worked. That's, that's my thoughts too and it was funny because like we sat down in the chair and then my buddy's like see it would just be like this and he's slowly closing the door and i like started getting like overwhelming anxiety just watching that door slowly close and it's just messed up because you got this these windows around you that people in bleachers more or less are watching you and there's, there's a mirror that you can literally watch these people's faces watch you die and uh it was it was a beyond this real experience I will never forget. See, but that would that would kick my claustrophobia into like high gear when I uh, worked in law enforcement for a couple of years and and any time that I was I would not do well in a cage. Uh, I discovered that very early on. Oh, no uh, even even when it's simulated, I don't do well. Uh, on the other side of things, uh, Jesse, I've got a very specific question for you. When you were on the radio show in The Haunting, you had said you were done going to ghost locations. I said I was done investigating. Oh, huge difference. There is. Okay. Oh, son, there is oh. a huge difference. Okay, tell us what you did that night because that's because yep. you had a, and, and we've kind of talked about it here before. Uh, you had mm-hmm. this uh, uh, experience at Villisca, and we don't need to go into it right now. It, it, it got you out of ghost hunting, to make a long story short. What happened here? Why why go back? Well, first of all, I mean, there's an obvious reason to go when someone is flying my brother, who's like my best friend, from New York to a location and then inviting me to go along with them completely for free. It's hard to say no. And when the uh, when the idea was presented to me, I laid out very specific instructions and thoughts that I would not be investigating. I laid out, if you have expectations that I'm going to jump right in and start using your equipment and start questioning in the dark and all this other stuff, that's not going to happen. And so I laid it out very plain, very blunt. Blunt. That just was not part of my my plan. And they were very respectful of that, Jonah and his team. They also know that I have my YouTube channel and I have some urbexing videos on there. And so what I did is I took the opportunity to go to this incredibly beautiful location 
very dark, creepy location and do a more urbex style, urban exploration style video. Uh, so Seth and I actually started off our night walking through Death Row and Gen Pop completely alone. We did more of an exploration type of video instead of the investigation. And when it got to the point where I just kind of felt like I was dragging Seth along because I could tell he wanted to dive in deep, I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and back off. I'll keep my cameras rolling. We'll bring Charles in and you guys can dive in and I'll just film. Because I mean, Seth and I still do our CCBI TV on YouTube. After I stepped away from ghost hunting, I actually was a, I, I did the filming for our Beyond Existence series. And so I was at the locations. I was in the midst of the investigations. Okay. I just wasn't partaking in them. And so basically I kind of resorted back to that role for half the night. And I'll be honest, there was a few times where things were getting really serious. And I actually did see a full bodied apparition and kind of the old CCPI blood kicked through my veins. And I kind of just well, jumped back into hard, my old ways. Right? It is, absolutely. I mean, I did it for an extremely long time from 2001 until 2013, you get to a certain point where it just kind of kicks back in naturally. You get that adrenaline flowing and everyone's feeding back into it. And again, I'm there with Seth and it'd been a couple strong years since Seth had had a, a really big investigation like yeah. that. So he kind of leans on me and I kind of lean on him and we kind of bring the, the best out of each other. So uh, an overall awesome experience. Uh, Seth and I had an amazing time just off on our own, which I think is when Justin watched the live feed when we were in Gen Pop and stuff walking around. And then from there, we just kind of let the team lead the way. And I just observed for the most part, but then dive in when I felt like I had a, a, a different level of comfort to do so. Would you say that the difference then between being there and actively investigating is opening yourself up to the experience? Because I've always said that if I went, nothing would ever happen because I'm like the big Luddite anchor who isn't open to the experience, you know? Mm -hmm. It's basically that flip, flipping that switch internally. Exactly. Because since 2013, when I stepped away from this, more specifically in the last five years, I got really serious. I'm just like distancing myself from all of this stuff because there was some very dark stuff attached to me after my experience with Velisca. And, and it had a very deep impact on the relationships outside of ghost hunting for me, which is why I made it so very serious to step away. And, and so I've done a lot of research outside of being a ghost hunter about the supernatural, about the paranormal, and had changed my entire perspective on a lot of these things. And so I actually think I'm more sensitive to it now than I was back when I was actually deep into it, because I'm kind of seeing it from above rather than in the midst of it. And so I'm less emotionally reactive and more responsive to just like the feelings and understanding what could be going on and questioning it more instead of letting my emotions just charge me forward and go after whatever I just saw move in the dark. So yeah, I went in and I had my switch turned off. And it got to a certain point where I could kind of feel myself getting a little bit more comfortable with the atmosphere and what was going on. It would We'd been there for several hours, so I was way more comfortable with the prison and the environment. My level of interaction was more confident because I could kind of sense if it was a super strong negative presence or not. And so at that point, I was more receptive to kind of giving my two cents about what was happening here or there. Did you have a point that night that you went, you know what, and I'm out? There was actually. So it was actually right at the beginning of the night when Seth and I were in death row actually we we're down in the hole so one part of the segregation and we went in there and there was this one hallway where the tour guides 
highly suggested to not go down there. And if we did go down there, not to go past this certain gate. And you actually had to make a U pattern to get into this section. We got to the top of the U, or I guess the bottom of the U. And I looked at Seth and I said, dude, I can't, I can't walk any farther. My body is, has put up a wall. It's like there's chains connected yeah. to me. I cannot physically go past this. I'm way too uncomfortable. So then we didn't go past it as, as we were down there by ourselves, but then we brought Charles down and having another number of person, a little bit more confident that he wasn't down there when they had told us about that information, it allowed him to have a little bit more confidence. So then I, I kind of was still apprehensive to a degree, but I kind of pushed forward in the sense of like, I'll be able to tell if I pushed past this when I shouldn't have. Okay. And if I would have pushed past and felt that stronger out of, out of left. Right. Uh, but once we got around that, I think it was a little bit more of a mental thing too. Cause once we got around and I got in the midst of that, it completely went away. All right. Uh, real quick before we go on, uh, shamelessly plug your, uh, YouTube channel. It's all me on YouTube. That is I T S A L L K N E E. It's a very vast variety of subjects on my channel. My, my most popular videos is my burping contest videos. And so if you yeah, enjoy okay. a little bit of oral flatulence, uh, make sure that you check out my channel for my burping contest videos. I legitimately thought we were highbrow, but I guess not. <laughs> uh, this is 151. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at 151 The Show. So anyways. Uh, Seth's burp burping contest does lead us into our upcoming segue, uh, into our upcoming uh, series, Shart or Fart. So um, we're, we're going to top that uh, highbrow stuff here pretty soon. Yeah, we'll take yes. care of that. <laughs> uh, all right, let me reset the show and we'll get back to the paranormal. This is 151 The Show. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at 151 The Show. You can find us on uh, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, and every other channel. Uh, all of them are listed at the bottom of the page. And uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. If you miss any of that, 151theshow.com. All right, getting back to the world of the paranormal. Uh, something that uh, we talked about a while ago, and uh, Justin did a live stream for it. It, it, it kind of became the basis of your guys is uh movie uh, uh squatch iowa your little adventure into these woods are haunted <laughs> uh, yep <laughs> the show anyway. that has launched a thousand jokes for me and thank god <laughs> you guys are good sports and think they're funny yes <laughs> absolutely I, dude that's all I, it's uh honorable yes <laughs> seth is like i'm gonna drink a nice cold root beer <laughs> <laughs> and get along with us no uh i, I want to talk about it because we've talked about it and i and i've said that uh i've known enough people in the world of paranormal that when they go and do some of these shows the story gets changed and i find that very offensive just because it's it's if it was my story and you changed it to be something else honestly i'd be pissed and i would and i would ask myself why would i ever want to go beyond one of those shows again you guys got the chance to be on at the time it was called these woods are haunted apparently it has a different name now it's on travel channel but uh you guys got to be a part of this huge honor i mean it's a cool thing to go beyond one of these shows right oh yeah but the story yeah. was wrong right the story <laughs> they told yeah. was wrong yes or no yeah it was it had like the skeleton if you will but the meat and muscles of the whole thing was wrong <laughs> long story short the way they told the story two guys in the mountains of iowa uh were having beers <laughs> out in the wood <laughs> 
And they, they, they go out and they find a Bigfoot in like these ruins of an old building or something. And then this thing proceeds to chase them through the woods. They get lost because they only have 1970s flashlights. And right. it's a, hor- a, a horrible experience that leaves them both shocked and odd and they don't know what to do with themselves. But not the way the story really happened, right? No, no. not at all. <laughs> who, who wants to go first on this? Because I'd like to hear. I'd like everybody to know the exact story of what actually happened. And don't leave out the romantic subplot. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of that night was to urbex this uh, abandoned Greyhound Park, and that's where they got their little like we found Bigfoot first off in this abandoned building Chernobyl. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, first really. off, the woods and the abandoned building were right next to Highway 20. So it's not this desolate location that you have to hike to. And real quick, and real quick, I don't want to put you guys into a corner. If if I, I don't want you to bag on the experience or anything like that. But I think you guys have come out from, since that thing aired and said that, listen, the, the story they told is not the story that happened. Oh, I will bag on that show all I want. You do not have <laughs> to. We'll put it that way. To say my piece on that show, it it was disappointing because it took over a year. Like we filmed that well in, over a year. Yeah, we filmed that in the end of 2018, and it comes out this last spring. And so we're like, oh man, they're they're really putting some some good work into this. And the the director assured us, he's like, we're just here for the true story. Like that's what we want we're not like others who twist and turn everything i was like great like it was a good step it was a don't get me wrong the crew the directors they were all great but so i'm i'm like all right like this is awesome and it was super cool to like have people playing us like that was super weird and super surreal but then all of a sudden like you see how they're acting and it's just like okay this is gonna go the typical travel channel way at at what point were you watching and you're like i got a bad feeling (laughs) hey don't forget the beer and flashlights yeah (laughs) yeah i got two radio shack flashlights and three old milwaukee's eh we're good (laughs) so because for those of you who do not know my brother and me we do not drink alcohol nor have we ever drink alcohol so there you go meanwhile (laughs) justin and i drink to forget Look, rubbing alcohol is medicine for the outside. Drinking alcohol is medicine for the inside. <laughs> okay, so well said. So well was said. it at that point where they popped the truck, got out the seventies flashlights and the uh, couple beers, and it was like, okay, we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. That was that was like the the point where I'm like, oh boy, and seeing the mountains in Iowa, it's like clearly this was a UK production company because they've never been to Iowa. <laughs> um, the part that I started to get upset was when they started showing us first in this abandoned location in the middle of the daytime and then they're showing bigfoot in the abandoned location and then they're playing our words like intermixed and i'm like okay this is done like (laughs) they're twisting all of this and and i that was the night i brought my kid home from the nicu and i was like so excited i got my in-laws all together and i'm sitting there like (laughs) guys this didn't happen it didn't happen like this it was just like (sighs) gosh dang it the the worst part of the night is when his mother-in-law went you know they found a much better version of seth you should have married him (laughs) (laughs) what did you think something like that what did you think seth or uh, excuse me jesse when uh you saw this at what point did you go crap 
when we're finding or hearing Bigfoot rummaging around inside this abandoned location, I'm like, okay, come on. And like Seth said, they're piecing and placing our words and our phrases and in places to create their narrative. Uh, the thing that really drove me the, the most crazy was when we were getting lost in the woods and we're literally screaming for each other. And I'm, my character is literally screaming, Seth, Seth, and he's Jesse. And we're literally split up. And that had never happened. Like, we deliberately split up. We deliberately went a different way to find a way around this path. And they took that off on this path. But then when they had the Bigfoot chase us, that is when I was like, okay, I'm so done with this. Because that that is right yeah. there is the meat and potatoes of the story. I'm not going to lie to you. I was expecting like the Blair Witch snot on somebody's face at some point. <laughs> but I did actually go back and watch The Great Outdoors after that because the whole thing reminded me of the John Candy Bear chase scene. Yes. Oh, Win-win for hey, me. Absolutely. That's a great film. Great film. That was the end all be all for me was th- them having Bigfoot chase us. That is literally the opposite of what happened so to kind of piece the story together you guys go up to uh, waterloo go through this place kind of urban explore it find something chase it through the woods it did not uh throw anything at you or come after you or scare you into drinking or anything like that it's kind of the long (laughs) and short of the story you you saw something in waterloo or close to waterloo it's the uh abandoned uh what's it called again the greyhound park the greyhound Uh, greyhound which yeah, is, Waterloo Greyhound, which is in the middle of town. Which that was the other thing that would they showed the not not just the mountains of Iowa because if you're looking for you know just scenery shot you know who doesn't unless you're from Iowa you don't know there's not mountains in Iowa, but just mm-hmm. the the dense forest as far as it goes it's like. It, they were in the middle yeah. of town. I, yeah, I, I, exactly. I don't get it. But anyways, which, to be fair, that is only one of three times that Iowa has been shown that it hasn't been all corn so i mean that's fair that's true. fair we're, we're making true. we're making strides uh this is one five one you can one, find one last seth. thing i got no station identification <laughs> seth station identification <laughs> i'm sorry i'm too excited go ahead no say your say your stupid line <laughs> no the thing i was gonna say the one thing i think other than bigfoot chasing us um the worst thing was at the end of our interview, they asked us if we had any other run-ins with Bigfoot. And we told this completely other story that took place like four years later. And they literally took pieces of that interview and put it in oh. as our exp- same experience. Yeah. Like, that I didn't know that. upset me. That upset me big time. Okay, let me ask you guys this real quick about that experience. After it happened and after you talked to, uh, uh, you know, because I, I want to say Jesse did a uh, like a Facebook Live or something. Seth, you may have to. But uh, what was people's reaction to, one, the show, and then, two, hearing your true version of what happened? I went live right after the show premiered because I was instantly like, I need to catch this right at the top of the wave. Overall, the, the episode got a ton of positivity and we actually got a bunch of people that started following our not not only our instagram and our facebook accounts but our youtube channel as well because of our episode so it had a a really great uh, outpouring of support yeah it was awesome because then we had the opportunity to address right off the bat with these people, hey, this is not actually what happened. So then we had the opportunity to t- tell how it actually happened and the eyes just you know, bugged out and there was so much more interest in it. 
to where I think I may have gone live again, maybe a, a week later or so, or maybe a month later and talked about it again, because there was so much interest in hearing about the actual story, because they had been replaying the episode a few times throughout that, that month. And so um, there's a lot of people that were aware of the story, like you guys that were like, okay, yeah, this isn't adding up. <laughs> and other people in our family and our, our teammates and all that stuff. And they're like, okay, yeah, this is, this is crazy. Um, but overall, for at least on my side, it was a very positive experience. Were people kind of surprised that they did this or was it kind of like, yeah, I can see a TV company doing that? I think that's more of what um, it was, is I can see TV doing that. Yeah, from my experience, it was, you know, I'm not surprised. And that's why, and it sucks because it's like, now you tell people this and now it's like, okay, what I'm watching in this show, is it real? And that's, that's honestly what I like what you've been doing, B-Socks, when you talk to people, is you ask. And that's amazing. Like, when you asked mm -hmm. Jason Hawes that, I stood up and applauded. Like, that. that Seriously. I love that it. Warms, warms my heart. Well, okay, for those of you who uh, may not know, like, on the radio station I work at, when, when I do interviews with paranormal people, I, I at some point in the interview, I've started asking the question of how much of this is real versus how much is just edited for TV and uh, like Jason had a really great answer. He goes, the production team we use are people we know that we work with that know what we want to share. And could it be yes, no, maybe so? I don't know. But uh, it, it is an interesting question to, to ask people. Uh, this is 151 The Show. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at 151 The Show. We are on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. Spotify, Amazon, and so much more. You can find all the links at the bottom of the page. Uh, as we make our way through this, guys, let's let's talk about some of the paranormal stuff. Uh, I do want to uh, kind of hit on the uh, Bigfoot movie here, uh, Squatch, Iowa, here in a little bit, just because I had a part in it. <laughs> <laughs> True that. But okay, you let's... mean you mean the film that that we got this for? Well, you know what? Thing? You know what? Uh, let's just go with it right now. Squatch, Iowa won a uh, Vidi Space. Uh, what was it? Cryptid Award? It is. And I quote, Squatch, Iowa, best cup feature, cryptid UFO paranormal for the Vidi Space Film Festival. Now, that was the first time that award had ever been given out, correct? Correct. When, yep. uh, when the is inaugural. The, when is the next awards? Like, when are you guys champions until? Are they going to get another trophy or do you have to give that one back? <laughs> you have to give it back. And it, they'll, just, they'll just scratch off Squatch Iowa. I was yeah, going to say, is it like, notes over it. Is yeah. it like the Stanley Cup where they just kind of add a level and stuff and <laughs> keep going? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's very cool. You guys made, and if I remember kind of uh, the story about this, you guys kind of switched gears. Was that to keep Jesse kind of involved? in this stuff because you didn't want to do the paranormal stuff anymore right yeah so we actually had spent the weekend this is before seth went to new york but we had a weekend with our buddy gert who was that who's the only original remaining member from the core ccpi that started in 2005 and we're just sitting there watching some of our old videos and i looked at both of them and i said what if we change gears what if we go full Bigfoot and I come back full time to the team? Full Bigfoot. Full Bigfoot, baby. You never go full Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we decided that we're, Seth brought up the idea of doing a documentary and then that turned into the film. We had been dabbling in Bigfoot since 2000. You've been what to Bigfoot? Dabbling. 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 That's like, that's, that's, that's when you cup, right? It's different for Bigfoot. It's oh, different. Okay. They're, they're actually okay. on the sides. Oh, I was oh. going to say, okay. I have nipples yeah. too, Greg. Can you dabble me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm just, I'm just saying 
we're, we're just gonna switch to bigfoot for fun because that sounds cool like we right. had been doing it for a while we just wanted to full focus okay let That's me all I had let say. me ask you this because in the whole world of bigfoot iowa and, and i asked you guys this before but i was not exactly known for its bigfoot stories how does paranormal group from iowa all of a sudden decide you know what hey let's switch fully to bigfoot in iowa the story that was on the these woods are haunted is kind of what kick-started us into like wait a minute like there's something else going on i had watched monster quests through high school and stuff and it always intrigued me and then we just like hey maybe you know this is legit i mean this is paranormal too paranormal is stuff that science has yet to prove it you know we were like yeah okay there's not there's not going to be anything here but then i started finding stories from back in the 70s all the way up till now we have our first one and then as as time goes on we're finding more and more people that are having these experiences but no one talks about it no one talks about iowa i think i think finding bigfoot came here once and no one comes here so it was the same with our old documentary haunted iowa back then no one came to iowa for ghosts they didn't talk about it so i was like okay same thing we did for haunted iowa we wanted to show people like hey there's ghosts here this place is haunted we wanted hey there's bigfoot here this place is legit it's active so that's that's what shifted us to looking for bigfoot in iowa at what point did you kind of go, okay, there is a lot of evidence here. There is a lot of, there could be Bigfoot here. I was a full-blown skeptic. I didn't believe in Bigfoot. When Seth brought the idea of going on a Bigfoot hunt, I was like, dude. And I, we were already super deep into ghost hunting. So the idea of a, a physical <laughs> being just didn't seem you drew the line. to me. You drew that line. And Justin, would you like to add your line in here? How high were you? No, uh, and, and literally, no, this is, and I'm glad we arrived here because this was the next thing I was going to ask. And I've asked, much like he asked the production people, how much is real, how much is fake? Every time as the skeptic in the room, every time that we've, we've really talked to anybody who does paranormal, and Seth, I didn't ask this the first time you were on because I was giving you too much crap, quite frankly, but <laughs> right. where is your line? I mean, where do you say, yeah ghost cool bigfoot's cool swamp thing maybe but you know vampires you know where's where's your line i don't know i don't put a line because i would say aliens is about as is hard for me to buy into like this whole entire like there's this separate race and all that really uh yeah See, I, aliens, I don't, are really? easy, aliens are easier for me than ghosts but here's the thing i've experienced i have i've seen two a couple of ufo but it's the full-on like i didn't believe in ghosts until i had my experience i didn't believe fully in bigfoot until we had real like legit experiences again i'm not i will never because i've experienced some of the weirdest crap my entire life i will never discount someone's experience no matter what it is loch ness freaking devil jersey devil the wendigo whatever that's yeah that's my kind of take on it. Why is there that line with paranormal guys where, yes, I believe in ghosts and, you know, goblins and all this. Aliens? Crazy. But then on the other side of it, guys that believe in aliens and stuff, they're like, ghosts and all that are utter BS. Why is one so much harder to believe in than the other? One's I, science, one spiritual, I think. It comes down to, like, people having experiences and okay, I believe that there's UFOs. I, I believe that there's weird crap out there. I believe people have been abducted, but I'm not going to say that it's aliens. I tend to be more with the conspiracy theorists and that it's like humans. 
it's government i would even go as far to say like it's time travelers it's just there's so many it's so many stories and things i've read i'm not just like making this crap off the top of my head it's people that also like this is a a thought out there it's not just me just sitting up at night going what if it's this if you look at a lot of paranormal stuff ghost bigfoot aliens they all sometimes like line up i don't know how many times we've been in a bigfoot hunt and there's like paranormal stuff going on or there's people who've experienced bigfoot and they see a ufo at the same time i mean people there's people out there that have said they see ufos dropping off bigfoot because that picture of bigfoot riding <laughs> loch ness under the ufo is real damn it's it real. i know i know they, that's where it's proven we don't need to do anything else that picture caught it all right i will throw this out there there are people that believe <laughs> that the ufos or the aliens that are controlling the ufos are actually bigfoot and that bigfoot are the alien race on the planet i don't know if you've heard that one before i've heard a lot of them i mean there's everything from uh uh, gray aliens are actually just kind of uh, uh, like robotic forms for fallen angels to, to have a body again. I've heard uh, Bigfoot's an interdimensional being. I've heard... Hi, Seth's sister-in-law! What? Was she there? I missed it. Yeah, she came through the back. <laughs> yeah. Was she in a towel? Yeah. No, no, there was no towel. Ah, okay. This is 151 The Show. This is our special uh, Halloween edition of the show as we make our way through the month of October. Uh, find out more about us at 151theshow.com. You can find us on uh, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play, and so many other channels. Whatever channel you do take us in on, uh, please hit that follow or subscribe button uh, on social media. It is at 151theshow. We'll have all of uh, CCPIs, and uh, it's all me and their links at the bottom of the page after this. It, it wouldn't be the uh, the Halloween experience with, and uh, Jesse's going to bring down the party because he'll tell the story about how he got out of ghost hunting with this. <laughs> But what, I'll tell a different one. I'll tell a different one. What, I got plenty, brother. Come on. As, as we make our way through this all, what what is kind of the when you've gone out, you've sat in the dark, you've sat in the middle of the woods, you've you know done your research, you've gone through evidence. What's the moment that you really went, okay, there is something to this stuff. Now, whether it's Bigfoot or it's it's ghosts or God forbid UFOs, because apparently that's too crazy for Seth. <laughs> Ask me about band meters sometime. I'll tell you that it's it's not too crazy, but it's something to talk about. Okay, well, we've got time. Give me Sounds the quick good. rundown I... of Van Meter. What's going on in Van Meter? And this is Van Meter, Iowa? Yes, mm-hmm. Van Meter, Iowa. Do you, do you know the... the Van Meter Devil or something? Yeah, the Van Meter Monster. Yeah, there you it is. It. Yeah. yeah. So it's more or less like, uh, it's kind of like people talk about being Mothman. It's more like a pterodactyl. Like it literally, <laughs> I know, I know. And the, it, now stay with me. Okay. This sucker had a like a spotlight on its head, like a like part of its body had a light that like shone out of its head. Now here's the crazy part: tons of people. This was a nineteen, ooh, early early nineteen hundreds. Yeah, yeah, very early nineteen hundreds. Over half the townspeople saw this thing, and we're talking like high end townspeople. The banker. Um, the, the one of the lawmen everything it was written about in the newspaper and there was a casting taken of this thing's footprints and it was like printed in the newspaper so this thing was supposedly terrorizing the town and one night they they chased this thing into a mine okay that's just just uh, i think it's uh, just west of town 
and they chased it to this mine and it flew into the mine and they blew up the entrance to the mine and trapped it inside all right some people say there's one some people say there's two but it was never seen again i mean again tons of people saw this thing yeah but that's coming from a time and place where people uh where doctors prescribed cocaine because you had ghosts in your blood right right um but it still is a like pterodactyl with a spotlight on its head i know man i know and th- this so look it up sometime look up van meter monster and the, i'm the, sorry the but that's of... really funny <laughs> It's it's all, it's also pretty coincidental that you blow up the mine where the noxious gases are coming out of, and suddenly all the hallucinations stop. <laughs> no, so, I've, I've heard stories about it, but I've never heard it described as a pterodactyl with a spotlight on its head. More or less, if you look up the if you look up the Van Meter monster, I'm picturing one of those really big flashlights from your guys' episode of These Woods Are Haunted. <laughs> duct taped around its, its head it's like uh it was described kind of like a bird version of an angler fish with that little dangly light thing mm-hmm. oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah yeah like right. i mean there, the the head of the bank literally shot out his front window because this thing landed in front of the bank and he literally shot a shotgun through his front window and the window was blown out and everything right. um and that's where they got the prints um but anyways, last year, last spring, me and a group of buddies, we got permission to camp like within like a hundred feet of this old mine. Did you go in? The thing is, is we literally would. We would literally go there with shovels and start digging to get in. But the guy who owns the property, it's a real old guy. And then his son are like super overprotective of this place. They won't let anybody go near the mine. Nothing um and it's really they're really weird about it they're very cryptic they like won't say why they just won't let anybody go so, so we get that go. boring machine from oceans 11 <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> bingo bingo i was actually but, thinking the uh you remember in teenage mutant ninja turtles the thing that shredder had yeah go to the dude. surface with the oh, yeah. there you go there you go i say we, we commission one of those and we go wherever we want <laughs> uh going back to the question though no 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 Krang's too far. Seth does not believe in aliens. No technodrome for you. <laughs> okay, so we camped. And what I'm saying in this, this goes back to what we were just talking about, the trifecta. Right before sunset, I'm not lying, 100% saw Bigfoot running through the field. But what's weird is my buddy was standing in front of me, and it ran like in front of his head, so like his head was blocking out. And by the time I turned this way, it was gone. So that was my first weird experience. We all started hearing voices from the field. We started all hearing, there was, I think, six or seven of us all started hearing different voices coming from the field. Then we, my buddy, my buddy's kid, army crawled up towards the mine with this extremely long microphone cord. And my, my, uh, one of our guys that was with us has like very sensitive um, listening device. And he placed it very close to the mine. And the, that entire night, he got these weird, like, radio frequency, like, met- mechanical sounds coming from the, the ground. The mole people. Yeah. <laughs> and that night, we saw, counted seven UFOs. Seven lights in the sky that weren't blinking. And they were not satellites. They were pretty large. Okay literally floating across the sky and then vanish in like in our sight 
And then one of the craziest things was, is we were by a uh, train tracks, the whole ground starts shaking and we hear this rumbling, like super like thunderous rumble. And we're waiting with like, okay, a train's coming. Literally the, it's like rumbling up to us and then just stops. And it's underneath the ground. Again, it's underneath the ground. Nothing came, no train came, nothing. People are seeing white like forms going into the woods. We go up the path towards like as close as we could get to the mine and we're all being drained of our energy like crazy. I saw two of the bravest people I know in the paranormal field literally run and beg to let us like to go home because they were so terrified. So there's theories that this this whole like Van Meter monster is actually like alien life or something. And there's something underground that this thing came from. And that's what we're picking up mechanical, electric, this and that. We're seeing seven different UFOs in the sky above where we're oh. at. We're hearing this rumbling under the ground. Dude, it was one of the most bizarre nights of my entire life absolutely bizarre uh seth but. and jesse alney from uh calum county paranormal investigators joining us right now uh wow so van meter sounds like something i need to look into uh yeah definitely okay. exactly. well exactly. that would ex- that would explain the uh the, the 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 lights that i've seen out near my house considering this is like four miles from my house exactly yeah dude i wouldn't be surprised at all like Mm-hmm. There, there's some, and they have a, they have a convention every year, and it's like small, but they always have the Van Meter uh, Visitor Festival, and they always have people coming and talking about. Okay. The, there's, there's one guy that comes every single year is Chad something. I can't remember his last name right now, but he's like the all knowing of everything, the story and everything. But, all right, it's awesome. It's awesome. Check it out, Jesse. How about you? What was, uh, what's the moment that made you uh, your pants? <laughs> I mean, uh, make so, you actually believe believe that, okay, yeah. hey, there's there's more out there than what we kind of see. Yeah, so it would have been the very first time I had I saw a ghost, which would have been September of 2001. Uh, we were just kids that we used to go out to cemeteries at night just to dick around, and uh, we always had a video camera, and we were film everything. And we just happened to be filming this night, which actually opens up our Haunted Iowa documentary, this scene exactly exactly what i'm talking about we're walking down the center of the cemetery pitch black there was no moon and from the right hand side of the cemetery i see a little girl shirley temple haircut uh victorian style dress on it was like a light blue and white and she was just running across the cemetery after midnight and she just stopped and looked at me and where her eyes were were dark black holes and i just kind of stood there like what am i looking at and then the wind picked up and literally just she like wisped away like like uh thanos snapped his finger literally and just kind of wisped away and i was like holy crap i just saw something and we found a grave for a little girl named patricia cornwell at that cemetery that we made contact with countless times after that uh that but that cemetery in palmer iowa is where okay i was fully convinced that the paranormal was a real thing um, on the other side of things, uh, when uh, you do some of the uh, it's all these stuff, the urban exploration and stuff, have you ran into anything in any of these locations where you're like, oh, boy, this is going down the world, road of the paranormal? A place that you wouldn't um, think is haunted or whatever. You kind of walked in, you got the weird vibe from? Not really. Outside okay. of Missouri State, just because it's it's a, uh, a known haunted location. But back, in, back earlier this year, 
uh, Seth, myself, and my wife actually went into an abandoned uh, resort, a 500-room hotel and resort in New York. And we got in there, and it was real spooky. Um, Nothing really triggered us in the regard of paranormal, but we did find a homeless person camped in there in a tent, and that caused us to about mess in some diapers because we needed to (laughs) wipe after that one. Um, was there any so problem we, with the guy? Did you have to like, Oh, sorry, man. We're just passing through or no, we, we were in a giant, what we believe was either a dining room or a conference room of some kind. And it was in the back corner of it. And I actually found another video of other people exploring it. And the tent was in that video as well. So we, we don't know for sure if it was occupied, the door was closed and the other video was open. It's so we saw it. I was like, Holy crap. There's a tent. There's a tent. We took our lights, went the opposite direction. We explored for probably another I don't know, 40 minutes. And then we decided to take off just because yeah. we're just a little uneasy. We saw some in the, the hotel office, there was a couch in there with some blankets and pillows on it. And that's where I got really, really uncomfortable. I was like, okay, there's clearly been people camped out in here, squatting in here. So let's, let's pack up our things, finish up the video and let's get out of here. So I gotcha. Uh, Jesse and Seth only uh, joining us right now on the show. Justin, you got anything to wrap up tonight? I would, uh, I just want to, say i have given you guys a lot of crap over the years and and gleefully so but i will tell you as i told you that night watching you in missouri state you guys got cojones the size of bowling balls uh to to go and do what you do because i mean look i don't really get down like you guys do i don't have that that structure you know like i said between my claustrophobia about small spaces and enclosed spaces uh, to go in there and wander around cells like that, man, that's that's stone. So I I, I give you that. I appreciate uh, that very much. I uh, I, I want to learn more about Van Meters, so that's kind of where this has taken me because that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I I don't know a pterodactyl <laughs> with a uh, spotlight on its head. I, I know, man. It's it's that. out there. It's out there. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the problem the problem with ter- pterodactyls is is tracking them at night. Generally, you'd use you know the the sounds of urination but everybody knows that the pterodactyl the p is silent all right and on that note this has been another fine edition of 151 the show you can find us on podbean itunes citra google play and a whole bunch of other channels we'll have them all listed at the bottom of the page uh don't forget to uh follow us and uh, like and share on twitter instagram and facebook all at 151 the show and uh if you miss any of that 151theshow.com or this station's website we can't end without a shameless plug right justin Cue the music! This is the portion of the show where we shamelessly plug stuff. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be a restaurant. It can be a tool. It can be a website. It can be a shirt company. It can be a person like Ryan uh, Ryan Patrick. Uh, Give him but- a job, folks. Give him a job. Uh, tonight we figured we'd uh, we'd let the guys uh, from CCPI uh, shamelessly plug whatever they want, uh, everything from Jesse's YouTube channel to whatever uh, uh, Seth is doing now because he, he does T-shirts, he does has kids and a wife and all this stuff. I don't know what the man does because he's in New York now. <laughs> we don't ever see him. So whoever wants to go first, shamelessly plug away. I would say to uh, obviously because of this episode, the biggest thing is our YouTube, CCPI's YouTube. It's CCPI TV. Um, we have 
a bunch of different stuff. Um, and I think this would be the first time saying it publicly, but we are going to be releasing Squatch Iowa on our channel, the oh, full cool. documentary. Um, we've had the 50 minutes on there, and now I think we're going to just release the whole whole dang thing. Um, we have all of our other documentaries. I have a crap ton of stuff. I have our um, footage from the night in Missouri State Pen coming soon. It's 25 to Afterlife. It's going to be a documentary about our night there. I have a bunch of other stuff um, coming too, so check that out. Um, as my personal YouTube, check out Ready, Seth, Go on youtube and that's like my personal vlogs exploring places in the northeast and and doing stuff with my family and whatnot urbexing um a bunch of fun stuff like that i also uh designed t-shirts and that's uh, 99 designs it's uh 99 dot wow i cannot remember the website <laughs> <laughs> just type in 99 designs you may remember this shot yeah I designed the famous B-Squatch photo on the B-Squatch t-shirt. Which is really uh, <laughs> funny because I don't go by B-Socks on this show. Oh, that's right. You're right. That's well, That was always the really funny thing about it because, uh, okay, so on 151, I go by my real name, which is Adam. On radio, uh, I've had a nickname since college, which is B-Socks, which is a shortened version of my last name. And you guys were like, the famous B-Squatch. I'm like, no one's going to get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I I wear that shirt out all the time and I keep waiting for somebody to recognize and to comment. It has oh, not man. happened yet, but I'm, not I'm famous waiting enough. today. It will. <laughs> well, you have a voice for you have a face for radio, my friend. I mean it's not like the shirt's talking. My insult to you was way better at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Uh, it yeah. made it made you feel safe and then all of a sudden it kicked you in the nuts jesse please <laughs> finish this out yeah, here, man. so uh my youtube is it's all me i-t-s-a-l-l-k-n-e-e -E. you can also follow me on instagram that is it's underscore all me i'm also on twitter it's all me uh like i said i do a wide variety of different things i do urbexing i do food challenges I do contests, I do road trips and showcasing different locations that you can visit. Um, a little bit of paranormal stuff in there, Bigfoot stuff in there, um, kind of cover the whole game, but there's a little something in there for everybody. So it's only on YouTube and all social media. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, uh, Bo, Justin, and I are so happy to have you guys on tonight. Uh, we appreciate it. We really do. Thank you. Our yes. pleasure, man. Thank you, guys. Pleasure, Very much guys. appreciate it. All right, guys. Always great talking to you. Have a happy Halloween, and uh, I guess that'll wrap it up. Another edition of 151 The Show. All done. Have a great rest of the night, and remember, Justin loves you. <laughs> I do. I love you so much. <laughs>